As some of you may remember, and if you do to our podcast, I have another business that has finally become live on the internet. It's Barry Marino's Craft Creations. I have made ha Afghan. Scary ghosts, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> hey, Philip, what's up? I don't know what to say. So guess what? Our seasonal candles will have something a little special in them. A little out of the ordinary, but we have put charms in the candles. From King Cake Babies for Mardi Gras to Champagne Flutes for New Year's. So look out for our website, BarryMarinosCraftCreations.com. That's B-A-R-R-Y-M-A-R-I-N-O-C-R-A-F-T-C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S.com. Hi, creepsters. I'm Barry Marino. And I'm Philip Landry. And this, this is Open Shutters. Scary ghost, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Philip, what's up tonight? How you doing? Oh, I, you know, I'm feeling a little, I'm feeling slightly mischievous. I wish I had a little yeah. more. I wish I had some edibles or something. You heard the ping <laughs> in the back. I, you know who that's from? That's from Shaughnessy from oh, uh, yeah. Don't Look Under the Bed. <laughs> Let's see what she has to say. We have to put this right on the air. She says, I thought we were recording Zach and Abby. We'll be up tonight. She said, so Stokes, we're supposed to record today, but I had some horrible... Oh, yeah, she's sick right now. And we're recording and releasing tomorrow. Love y'all. Have a good sesh. Can't wait to hear it. Honey, you're going to oh, hear it soon. Love it. No. Love it. Oh, so what's up? What you been watching? Oh, we've been watching all kinds of different uh, things. But one of the things I actually told you about, you just started watching it, was... This um, docu-series, the uh, CNN had created like those decade series, but they yeah. did a special yeah, called The them. Movies, Yeah, and they go through all the different eras of the movies. Yes, I started that this week. I did, All I saw, God, is the Golden Age, which is like from the silent era all the way up to the 50s. And without giving, I, don't, I really don't want to give any like, spoilers, I'm totally on how it is, I just... Really, if you enjoy the movies, if you really want to know how movies fit into the time in which they were made, and then the culture they were made in America, it was it's really See, worth. I, actually, was alive in time. <laughs> well, I'm old enough to have seen them change. <laughs> I can remember when they didn't curse in the movies. I remember when they started doing it. My mom used to be so shocked. You know what? You remember the uh, okay? When I was a kid, I was about eleven. We went. My, we used to go to drive-in all the time. Yes, I'm really that old. Okay. And my mom took us to see The Graduate. And she didn't know what it was about anything. 
And she went on when we, we she saw that movie, she was so shocked that she took her babies to see such a dirty movie because you know it was about the older woman seducing her friend's <laughs> son, you know. Oh law. And it was what was supposed what what passes for nudity. Well, I've watched that movie recently. It was really supposed to be hot stuff back then. You know, there is nothing in that movie that you wouldn't see on Days of Our Lives in nineteen eighty. <laughs> it is so mild. That is true. I mean, I don't. It, it would get a. P, I don't even think it would get a PG thirteen. <laughs> it might just be PG. Yeah, it would just be PG now. <laughs> and I suppose the nude scene doesn't show anything. And then when you find out the facts behind it, Anne Bancroft, who plays the older woman, is only like a few years older than Dustin Hoffman, who's the college graduate. Oh, I know. You know, I mean, they actually in real life were extremely age appropriate, but they kind of. Met, he was short. You know, and he still looked young. He was like about 31. She was about 36. You know, it was like five years difference. And he, um, and she was made to look old. You know, they had the, the way they dressed her and with the streak in the hair, like the middle-aged matrons in the 60s, you know, the suburban 60s woman with the cigarette. And she had that voice, you know, like Kathleen Turner had. Well, they definitely mentioned, that, that was mentioned in the series. So, y'all, go check out... The series called The Movies, and if you have HBO Max, I know it's on that platform. Yes, it's on HBO Max. So what what else have you been watching? I started watching Alan versus Pharaoh. I started watching Alan versus Pharaoh. What did we say to call Siri to come on my damn phone? Like, did Spirit do something oh, weird? Oh, Siri, yeah, Siri. <laughs> no, I'm not even worried about it. You know, our podcast... A human being sitting down talking, and little things like that happen. If y'all hear any noises in the background, that's because we got our our lovely, lovely, wonderful Roz and some other folks working on the kitchen. Oh yeah, they're being some butchers, some bakers, and oh, definitely they, some candle they makers. Fixing up our <laughs> candle factory. How you like that? But it's anyway. a regular little sweatshop back there. Uh, getting back to what I was saying, my uh, last story watching is a new HBO documentary called Alan vs. Farrow. And what it's about is, do you remember some years back when, Willie, when Mia Farrow found pictures of her adopted daughter naked, or I said she said raunchy, pictures of her adopted daughter, and it turned out Woody Allen was having an affair oh, with Oh, I haven't girl. got to watch that yet. So you, you, I, you, I, I saw it on the part. banner, but I hadn't and watched it. I never realized the girl was 21. Wow, okay. I thought she was still like 16 or 17 when this huh. was going on. And um, the thing I'm thinking is is that Mia was so outraged about this. But what about herself back in the 60s when she was 18 and married a 50-something-year-old Frank Sinatra? <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe there's a little bit of what goes around, comes around stuff. Okay, now you talk about watching stuff. I don't necessarily watch it, but what I do at night for me and the cat, he always likes a little TV on, and so do I. Mm-hmm. My latest thing, usually I used to use, but put like nature shows on. Yeah. But lately I've been putting on going to sleep with musicals. So one night I went with to bed with Chicago on. The next night it was Into the Woods. The other night it was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, you know. So I'm going to sleep with all these musicals lately. I don't know what that's about. Well, I used to go to sleep. You know what I used to do? This was before I lived with somebody that has to have everything in the dark and quiet like a tune. I used to go to sleep. I used to put, you know, the you know the audio commentaries on the DVDs, 
and I used to oh have God. them loose. Oh wow! And okay. some of my favorite one, I even had my favorite commentators, and I used to like people like. Uh, well, one of them was Janine Basinger, who was actually in that, is interviewed in that movie thing. You know, the older woman with the gray hair. Her, she had this great commentary, and she was so. But her voice was just calming enough to get you to sleep. And she did like the Jezebel Betty, Betty Avis movie, and she did um, the uh, the It, the Clarabelle silent film. Well, you, you, my that. usual go-to. I don't know why I'm hooked on musicals, but my usual go-to is listening to David Attenborough on those nature shows. His British voice is so soothing to go to bed to. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I just, I, I hope there's a protective circle around David Attenborough because we need him to put out more nature things so I can continue to hear his voice. Now, when I had my three cats, Lucy, Izzy, and Mr. Fred, for some strange reason, I would put Turner Classic movies on. If there was a black and, and white movie. And they loved it. They loved black and white movies. You could sit there. They would sit there and hour, for hours staring at the screen playing a black and white movie. I don't know if it's just a certain way the black and white looks to a cat. That attracts it might. Them. With the eyesight, it might. It might. You know, with, with the way they see if it's a certain thing. But they would be mesmerized almost. It was, a, it was better than catnip. They love the television, though. They really do, these animals. They love the television. Yeah, they, and, they and they would sit there. I would leave it on when I go to work, and when I come back, they were still in the same position, sitting there staring at that black, those black and white movies. There you go. Oh, wow. Anyway, um, what what news you got for us? Well, let's see. We, we uh, any obits at all? Anybody yeah, died? Yeah. I know it's gonna, you said it was a dry no, week on death. For death. We <laughs> yeah, had to dig them up out of. And both of them are not really people. You had to put a call in the depth just to see if there was anybody that did die. I was even, you know, when Prince, when, when Tiger Woods had his accent, I said, oh, come on, come on, I'm waiting. <laughs> and then Prince Philip goes in the hospital. I'm like, oh, come on. And I, oh, my God, you Damn it, why can't you cooperate? You were wishing these people did. Well, like, you, you know, now I figured that it was starting like, you know, I don't have a big enough death. Let me see. Oh, so anyway, this is what we got this week. We got two. And they kind of they, they have kind of things that might go might go with our podcast. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cover them. This is Harry Bring, who was an executive producer of CBS's Criminal Minds, and his death was announced in a Facebook book post by his son Brad Bring. Brad Bring, Brad Bring. That's that yeah, like? that's a little little rich. That's a bit much. There was one of them on one of the podcasts. Uh, the, there's a, a serial killer, and he had a girlfriend named Cindy Hindi. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> We're actually going to cover that. We're going to talk about Cindy Hindi some more. Oh goodness! Um, and he had a long battle with cancer, and he fought cancer for years and he kicked his ass. He was seventy-seven. He leaves behind uh, forty-five grandchildren, and then uh, that's a lot of grandkids. Yes, yeah. yes. So anyway, the next one that we have is, and it's not the person you're thinking of. Her name's Martha Stewart, but it's not the, the cooking woman that wound up in jail. It's an actress from the 40s and Oh, isn't it funny, like Martha Ruth Stewart? This yeah, Ma it, well, they have the, the, the thing here says is Martha Stewart. And Martha Stewart, she was an actress of the 40s and 50s yeah. era. 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 Hollywood hits, including co-starring Rose and Daisy Kenyon opposite Joan Crawford, and in a lonely place with Humphrey Bogart. She died February 17th at the age of 98. She was beautiful. Yeah, look how pretty she was. Yeah. Uh, 
I get a new part in a movie with all her heavenly friends. This is what her, her, her daughter wrote. She went peacefully surrounded by her family and her cat, Martha Re Ruth, a.k.a. Martha Stewart. Ten. Seven. My mom's birthday. But she's uh, ten years older. My mom was born 32. She's born 22. Ten, seven, thirty-two to two, seventeen, twenty, twenty-one. From twenty, yeah, nineteen twenty-two. She had a good run, man. And she was born in Kentucky, but raised in Brooklyn. And she started her show business career as a big band singer with Glenn Miller and Harry James. Wow, you know some of these people after they die, you figure like, wow, I would love to talk to that person about what's going on. And she had a singing dance role in nineteen forty-five film. Dollface about a burlesque uh, uh, star played by actress Vivian Blaine, and the film was co-written by none other than Gypsy Rose Lee. Hmm. And then she was in Guys and Dolls on Broadway. So, uh, that Martha Stewart, yeah, she and her, some of her TV cra uh, credits are Alfred Hitchcock, Hour, and My Three Sons. Yay. Oh, I'm going to be looking for her when I see movie. Rest in peace, Martha. Rest in peace, Martha. And uh, Harry, yeah. And Harry, too. But yeah, nobody ever really that we really knew that was really, um, you know, of any real note. I mean, what? Good Lord. Prince Philip, wouldn't that be yeah. a good... <laughs> yeah. You're just waiting on that one. We may be talking about that one next week. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> oh. Do you have any other... Um, and Tiger Woods. <laughs> of course, he's young, you know. But like Prince Phillips is 100 years old. What's what 100-year-old people do? They die, you know? It's like... I can't. I can't. Hey, do you have any other shout-outs of anybody? Anything? Well, we have a shout-out to... Um, who was it that I say earlier? Um, oh, yeah, uh, Kelly. Oh, Kelly, yeah, Kelly. Kelly uh, B. Uh, now, you one know, of, one of our very loyal listeners. We really appreciate you listening to our podcast. But she sent a uh, message to us over the Facebook, and she's really... Uh, Really intrigued, really into the story about that we're going to be doing tonight. Yeah, and it's, it's a story that's very close to me because I actually knew both of these people involved personally. Oh and yeah, seems like I have so many connections with so much creepy stuff, doesn't it? Uh, but anyway, Callie, you know how I met Callie. She was on. She she went on a tour that I gave of the cemeteries. Oh, that's nice. And that's why I was working for Voodoo Bone Lady. Remember her? Oh. <laughs> and it was Callie, her friend Heather, who I, they both became Facebook friends of mine. They, they loved my tour. But I'm going to tell you a funny thing that will ha happen, and it's, it's, it's got a little bad language. I was doing a, uh, the presentation of the, you know, the vaults the, that they rent and then clean out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in a cemetery. And I used to do little things like I'd say, well, yeah, you know, they could say, um, and they can't say, after a year and a day, they're going to get the remains back. They can't say, well, uh, about Uncle Harry. Oh, I never liked the old coot, so I'm not going to pay his rent. Because they're going to get his remains coming right at their door. But instead of saying old coot, I said old cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going, I, and when I said it, I can't imagine what the look on my face was. Because <laughs> it was, it was uh, Heather, her mother, and... Kelly and I, I was like, oh, <laughs> and she must have, she must have, and they laughed, and oh, that is great. And, I, I can't, and they, I can't they decided they wanted to be my friend, so they they made a uh, they 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 uh, <laughs> found, 
<laughs> they branded me on Facebook, and I've been like communicating with them ever since. That's what? I worked Rudy Bone Lady for 2014-15, so five, six years ago. Six, well, if seven. I wasn't getting, if I had, if I hadn't made the decision to get cremated and put in like the river off a mountainside, that's what I would want on my tombstone. I never like this old cunt lies here. <laughs> I would want him to know, I'm a, to recognize. I think I think the reason why I said that is because I probably had Voodoo Bone Lady on my mind. Ooh! It wouldn't have been the first time she was called by that word. Oh, oh good lord! And then uh, yeah, of course we have Justin and Sean. Do you want that on your? You want that on your tombstone? No, I want it on Voodoo Bone Lady's tombstone. Okay. <laughs> uh, we had Justin and Shaughnessy. Uh, oh God! You know I feel so bad. They were talking about how they, when they saw we were doing last week, we, we did the, the Lonely Hearts Killers. They were planning on doing that because they were doing a show, one show about sweetheart killers. And they had to change it. Oh, and they were going to do, and they were going to do, do on the Valentine's, which was the week that I got the staff. In fact, it all just, everything got crazy that week. Yeah, well, that week we were going to do, we were going to do that. And what happened was, is you got staff infection. So we had to cut out the last one we were going to do, which was about the gay man who has his wife killed or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And uh, we're, we're gonna, but we're going to save that one for a different time. But this is this episode here is our last um, in our series. It's called Love yeah. Hurts, yeah. When Love Turns into Murder. And we're trying to but use the Nazareth I do want to say, if y'all haven't went over and listened to Justin and Shaughnessy's Don't Look Under the Bed, really check it out. They have some very... Interesting uh, episodes. I did actually get to listen to their Sweetheart Killers. Yeah, but, yeah I, I did too. It was I want to listen to their other one that they recorded after that, the Sea Creatures. I haven't got a chance. Yeah, yet. I haven't I got mean, a chance to, to, re- to listen to that because I'm all too. about the Sea Creatures. And so, and, and this is, I had a little extra time to listen to, to a couple of things this week because I was. This is a a, a case that I, that's close to me, and that I know a lot about, and I have a lot of personal stake in. So I know. I didn't have to do a hell of a lot of research. I just had to, you know, refresh my memory on a few things. But anyway, you got some horoscopes, don't you? Oh yeah, we got weekly horoscopes this week. Ah. Actually, uh, they're kind of they're kind of nice and short. I don't know about how nice, really, but they're, they're short. It's this is the they're high, never nice. We got the this is the haiku edition. I got a little haiku poems for every sign this week. Haiku? Yeah. What's that like? Like like artsy partsy parts. Oh yeah, little like artsy. Yeah, a little, little gig, being a little poetic. Fa-fa. I, I decided the you sun. Got a fa-fa, huh? The sun's now in Pisces, so got a little frou-frou. time to be a little artistic and get a little frou-frou. and 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 do some po- poetry here. Well, let's hear that poetry. So we're gonna start out with Aries. That's actually Justin. I think Justin and Shaughnessy are both Aries. And Orin, um, who else is Aries? No, both. Uh, um, no, Joan Crawford and. Betty Davis. Oh, actresses, yeah. Are both? Are they both Aries? <laughs> they were both Aries. Uh, yeah, it's Cher and Barbara Streisand. It's both Taurus. Yeah, but this this goes out to Justin and Shaughnessy, our our our, our uh, fellow podcasters out there our that we sister love pods. Our sister pods, Aries, pummeling with pipes, bruises branding black and blue, sorrow sits in sand. Oh my goodness! And then you know, if you if you pummel with pipes, you're gonna be black and blue. Come on! And you're gonna have sorrow in the sand if you have to be on the beach when somebody's beating you. Whatever it is, you never know. You never know. I'm not gonna tell. Okay. <laughs> Taurus. Oh. 
Darker deals desired, etched by electrocution, voices vandalized. Do you ever smell what an electrocuted bull smells like? It ain't pretty. It's not a barbecue. It's not. No. It's, it's not a brisket. It's not a brisket. <laughs> it's not a brisket. I like brisket. You like brisket? I got yeah. you hungry now? No. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> not hungry. Jim and I. That, that's Will. That's our Roz. That's our Roz. Okay, what's, what's in store for him? Hooks hewn human hides. Bowels billowing in bowls. Orbitals omit. Okay, when I hear the word bowels and bowls in the same sentence, it brings some very, very disturbing images. Especially <laughs> concerning Will, since he lives in the same house I do. I don't want bowels and bowls happening <laughs> Doesn't he live right off from the kitchen anyway? Yeah, and he just bought a big old box of Raisin Bran. <laughs> Not exactly what I was intending, but that's funny. Okay. <laughs> Cancer, this is you. Oh, this is me. Halls haunted on hour. Skeletons sleepless slumber. Nightmares nestle near. You know, I've been having trouble sleeping, and I've been having some strange dreams when I do fall asleep. So you kind of hit it on that. Well, good luck. It looks what like you got I another dream? week week to go with that. What did I dream last night? Last night was one of those dreams when I can't remember everything, but I do dream having been going, going into some, on some street, and something was chasing me. Somebody was trying to kill me or something. I th There is a lot of weird dreams. Well, actually, just to throw it out there astrologically, Neptune has been in Pisces for a long time now. It's still in Pisces, so that's a lot of weird ass dreams for everybody. Is it? Is it? Um, I noticed some really, really strange energy outside last night, and Lance noticed it too. Did you feel? Did you feel any of that? Not sometimes. Sometimes it's see. Y'all live in a little different area. I live on. I live on the ridge. Well, we surrounded by cemeteries. Y'all are around the cemeteries, yeah. So yeah. Leo. This is Curtis. This uh, y'all other housemate Curtis. And it's also my other son since I'm a cusp. Yes. Fangs form for finding. Odors to olfactory. Desanguination. I ain't touching any of that. Like they said, that, that one I can give away. They, I ain't touching any of that because if I say what's on my mind right now, they're I'll a little be evicted. Vampire. Why would you be evicted? What are you thinking? I ain't saying. Say it. I'll, I'll, own, I'll own it. Whatever uh, you say. No, you won't. No, you won't. No. Okay. Zip a lock. All right. We'll head on to Virgo. You know any Virgo people? I know Virgo people. My but dad was a Virgo. And my oh, niece, that was your daddy? My niece is a Virgo Libra cusp. She's on the cusp of both, both, of, both of her paternal grandparents. Oh, okay. Well, this goes out to our Virgos. Penetrating probe. Extraterrestrial eyes. Tied tight with terror. How X-Files of you. I know. <laughs> Mulder, there must be a better explanation. <laughs> it's got to be a logical explanation for this. I'll never tell. That's what I loved about the X-Files The DVDs. truth is out there, though. You know what I loved about the X-Files uh, DVDs? They had all these different languages you could turn into. And you learn how to say Mulder, there's got to be a better explanation for this. In, like, Japanese and all these different languages. Oh, my. <laughs> Libra. Oh, that's my mom. Yeah. I, I love all your stories of your mom. Your oh. mom. 
We got to do more about her. Well, we could do a whole show about her, but she's not really creepy, so, you know. She's badass, but she's not creepy. Well, maybe she dealt with creepy. She it? did, yeah, yeah, she did. All right, so Libra, creepy calls, crawling. Bisu, not at all benign. Soul-severing sight. Oh, I have no words for that. None. There you go. <laughs> Scorpio, that's, the, that's, that's me and my people. I'm oh, there. This is you. I'm there. It's a little. It's getting a little better for us, but it's still strange. Apparitions, air, murky mirrors, a mired mind, collect cadavers. Mm, who this is? You, Scorpios. How many cadavers you got? I'm, I'm still, still, still working on. It. I got about two so far. Mm, is one of them you, man? No. Too bad. No, <laughs> just. <laughs> I don't. I, I, Sorry, I'm I think he's kidding. got. A, oh no, no! It, I just figured he's got enough to deal with. Especially if he, my man's a Sagittarius, so I'm about to read what's going to go down. Oh, with let's, them. See, let's see what's happening. I'm about to say what's about to happen to them. Yeah. Embody evil. Silence slithers with secrets. Point of possession. Oh, he's possessed. Oh, they will be. <laughs> Is he going to like, like, twist his head around and everything? It's totally fine. As long as he doesn't eat the good old pea soup, we'll be all right. You know, I'm having a great pea soup recipe. He loves making pea soup, too. He's I got hate that. Way. I hate that it's associated with that. Pea <laughs> soup's delicious. Oh, well. Capricorn. Oh, oh, Capricorn. I love to say Capricorn. Oh, you know who that is? Yes, yes, yes. That's actually one of our. That's one of our little 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 Keebles back. One of my workers are getting up, getting our kitchen, our factory ready. Our factory back there. Yep, he's back there. Well, this goes out to him. Murderous moments, teeth tearing into torso, violence vying. I. I may be spending the night elsewhere tonight. <laughs> You're not feeling very safe? No. In the bed with him? No. You're scared? I am scared. Oh, okay. No, no, really, I'm not. I don't really feel that sorry for you. You lie, <laughs> you lie in your bed, you make your bed, you lie in it. Okay, that's yeah. enough. Seriously, literally all of it. Okay? Oh. Aquarius. Awake with anger. Patiently pouring poison, lurking little lies. This is Aquarius. I don't know anybody who's Aquarius. Uh, you do sort of. Who? I don't know. I've seen on the air. Oh, yeah. Well, I have not heard much from him. Mr. Sexy. Was like, when? Mr. Sexy, you know what I'm talking about. I guess he moved on to another. Oh, okay. With all his locks and curls. All his locks and curls. All right. That's all we'll say. We ain't giving no names no, out. No, no. We, 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 don't, we, we keep some privacy around him. It might. <laughs> we keep, well, at least get me in trouble, too. Yeah, I don't want to get him in trouble, and I'm trying to keep his secrets for him. Right. I, I want to be on this podcast. I don't want to end up... Dead in the ditch, okay? <laughs> For giving yeah, out I was secrets. wondering if I was going to be the death and you were going to have to do the podcast by yourself. <laughs> really? 
I've been calling you. We're channeling your spirit. We couldn't bring you down. It'll all work out. Yeah, kicking and screaming. Talking about channeling spirits and stuff. We've arrived at Pisces. Yes, it is y'all season. It is Pisces season. I don't know if it's an open season, but it is Pisces season. It's a season of Pisces. Yes. Theremin, the thoughts. Concilium cues confined. We weeping whispers. We weeping whispers. We like li- like 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 children. We we fish whispering. Weeping. Isn't Pisces a fish? Yeah. Mm. The little fishies. All right, that's pretty. That was pretty. So that was our nice little poetic haiku horoscopes for the week. That was pretty cool. So hopefully you'll have a little more poetry in your own lives. Yeah, now this is the last uh, installment of our series Love Hurts When Love Turns Into Murder. I'm still pissed that they wouldn't let me use the Nazareth song as a theme song this week. Um... Oh, yes. So we're going to go now to our commercial. Well, we heard it earlier, but you're going to hear it again. The commercial for our Candle and Craft Company. And we'll be back we'll with be our right story. back with our story. All right, we're back. Well, um, this, uh, it, like I said, this is the last installment in our Love Hurts series. And this one is the one that really kind of hurts because... It's kind of near and dear to my heart. It's one. It's a. It's the people involved. The people that I actually knew. Uh, this is going to be the story of uh, Zachary Bowen and Adrian Addy Hall. And uh, we're gonna. I'm just gonna start with uh, October seventeenth, two thousand six, at eight thirty p.m. The New Orleans police received a disturbing call from the Omni Orleans Hotel. There was a man's body on the roof. When they got there and they saw the, the you know the man's mangled body, it was clear that he had died on impact. So they didn't know who he was, whether it was a murder, suicide, or what. So they checked his pockets for ID. And they found this note and it read, "This is not accidental. I had to take my own life to pay for the one I took. If you send a patrolman to 826 North Rampart, you will find the dismembered corpse of my girlfriend Addie in the oven." on the stove and in the fridge. I'm getting chills reading this. Along with full documentation on the both of us and a full signed confession from myself, Zach Bowen. So they go there and sure enough it was he wasn't um he wasn't lying. He uh, first of all the, the apartment was really cold. Well before you get into the part, I gotta mention I was actually working a block and a half away from the Omni Royal Hotel. Oh my God! I will shop. So the night that happened it was kind of weird because we got off like in the evening around then, and I was actually walking down Royal Street, oh. and literally I saw like there was like ambulance, police car, whatever going on. There was all kind of stuff going on. Uh, so oh. we actually walked on the opposite of the Omni Royal. Like sometimes I would walk right along. Where that is, but I would definitely have to get on that other side. But you were on that, the Royal Street side, where yeah, because the, uh, the parking garage is on the Charter Street side. Yeah, on the Charter Street side. Now I wish it yeah. worked on Charter Street, but I'd always get on Royal, and I'd always like to take Royal because I'd walk all the way. I was living in the Marini, and I'd walk all the way down, and I had to actually pass the night that he had actually um, 
jumped off. I actually kind of vaguely remember that now, that night, but I still have a few little memories of like the flashing lights and yeah. walking around. Didn't it, know the full story at that time, but I do remember that was weird. And the, someone, you see, when it happened, I was living in New Jersey. So burning is because no one has found the spot you dumped the bodies. Oh. The current lover will meet the same fate as those past ones, somewhere deep in the marsh. No need to go into the weapon or act. It's sure to be some generic stabbing of a knife through the heart over and over again. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> so you're avoiding him, right? Oh, you're avoiding him for this week? <laughs> I think I'll go spend the night at the Motel 6. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. I've heard some stories. Oh, but that Motel Six, the one near here. Oh, there are all stories of that place. Lord. And I can tell you some of them, but I won't. I can't say it because there's mixed company on the uh, uh, in our audience. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they think bathhouses are out of passe. You know that that's that's where the bathhouse is now. The Motel Six and the Motel Six. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank God, thank God I got a man and I'm checked yes. up. I've been checked up for years. Good deal. But I want to keep myself from getting stabbed in the heart. Maybe I should go there. Yeah, or maybe <laughs> just at least sleep on the couch. Oh, my easy chair. With your own knife. With my own knife. <laughs> Aquarius. Sure is going to be an elaborate cat and mouse chase you have planned for your lover. You have been crowdsourcing the funding for this lethal game. All the money sitting nicely in an offshore bank account to boot. It's like a race around the world, but with the real threat of danger for your partner. I hope they read the clues carefully and are prepared to eat some strange things along the way. Bon voyage to you both. Oh. Oh, is that too bad? A lot, a lot of the Aquariuses make a whole like traveling game out of it. You know, at yeah. least at least they give the person an adventure before they kill them. That's right. I mean, you can't say you didn't live. Yeah. If you were with an Aquarius, at least they took you on a grand tour. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. You know, if that there's worse ways to go. Pisces. Once again, you never cease to amaze in your abilities. This time you have actually made a deal with Death to borrow his grim powers for the weekend so he can take a beach vacation to Florida. You will be reaping many souls, including your soulmate, at the moment. It was their time to move on to the other side anyway, so you can bring in the next object of your seduction. So Florida's the other side? Well, no, that's where, that's where Death's going. The death is going to have his little beach vacation this weekend while Pisces ah. take over the role of death. Ah. So death can go have like a little weekend in Florida. And death takes a holiday. Yeah. That's an old movie. Actually. actually, did you see during this whole COVID madness where the band dressed up as death and was actually on the beach? Like, I think that no, was like, I didn't see like that. this past year. He would actually go where the beaches were crowded and would be dressed as death. Uh, I thought it was, I thought that was wonderful. I enjoyed every bit of those videos. Oh, Lord. So, anyway, that's it? That's it. Y'all have fun killing y'all lovers. Okay. And, you know, we really and truly want to plug our craft business. So, we're going to rerun that commercial, and then we'll be right back. We'll be right back. With the second in our series of Love Hurts When Love Turns Into Murder. And this one 
is really this is an old case from the 40s so but this but this one's really 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 a creepy one be right back in case some of y'all remember I have another business that's finally become live on the internet. It's Barry Marino's Craft Creations. You know about that oh, one, don't yeah, you? Oh, yeah, it's wonderful. I have made afghans, table runners. You've seen some of my work. Hats, scarves, and much more. And more coming weekly. You know what the great thing is? We sell holiday items all year round, so you'll not have to wait till that time of year to order what you will like and enjoy. You can buy your presents and oh, get I love your it. shopping done early. Uh, thanks to our Oz, Will. It is an easy, interactive website to see what has been posted. And guess what we finally got? We finally got a line of candles. Oh, yes! And we will have wonderful scents for the holidays or just for seasons. A holiday line will have something special. Like right now, we have purple, green, and gold Mardi Gras fan candles. And guess what, Philip? What? We put a king cake baby inside you the You got candle. to put the king cake baby in there. So, uh, yeah, and it's so cool. They are so pretty. I wish that we were actually on YouTube right now so we could show them. But anyway, you can go there our site if you want to see them. BarryMarinoCraftCreations.com B-A-R-R-Y-M-A-R-I-N-O-C-R-A-F-T-C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S.com. I wanted to spell the whole thing out so that nobody, everybody gets it right Definitely. when they want to come to it. All righty, thank you. We are back. Now, this, uh, this next story is the second in our series of Love Hurts When Love Turns Into Murder. And this is a case that goes back to between uh, uh, 1947 and 1949. It's, a, it's a, the Lonely Hearts Killer, Raymond Fernandez, and Martha Beck. Now, um, they between the uh, those years, they are suspected of killed 20 people. Now, it's really strange how they, they came about. Uh, Raymond Fernandez was born on December 17, 2000, uh, 2000, 1914, in Hawaii to Spanish uh, parents. Hawaii wasn't a state back then, but it was a territory, so he actually was a, a, an American citizen. And he served in World War II, and a steel fat hatchet fell on him during, his, during this time in the Minnesota in the military and it injured his frontal lobe which uh, may have affected his social and sexual behavior and upon release from the hospital he stole some clothing and was subsequently imprisoned for a year during which time his cellmate converted him to vo belief in voodoo and black magic mm. which he believed gave him power over women now Martha Beck she was born Martha Julie St. Seabrook on May 6, 1920, in Milton, Florida. And um, allegedly, due to a glandular problem, that, you know, they, she was overweight and underwent puberty prematurely. And uh, she ha it, that also brought on promiscuous behavior. So uh, she, um, she got pregnant as a teenager, and she even joined a traveling circus. And um, Truman Capote claims to have known her when he was a little kid, when he was 10. And then she finished nursing school, and she married, and she became pregnant again. 
the first baby she had out of wedlock, the second child, she the the the, the man miss, his name was Alfred Beck. He married her, but they divorced six months later. She gave birth to a son. Now she was um she was unemployed and a single mother, and she escaped into a fantasy world. She used to read romance magazines and novels and watch romantic movies. And then she finally mm. found a job at the Pensacola Hospital for Children in 1946. Now she placed what they used to call the Lonely Hearts. See, we don't, that, that's something we may have to explain to today's audiences. Lonely Hearts, they were like Lonely Hearts tabloids. They were like these, um, these newspapers personal. and they were all, like pers all personal ads. Yeah. Well, see, that's because now we're in this age where everybody's swiping left and swiping right and doing all this on these different ads. And They're not used to that. Because idea. there was really a stigma with that. That was actually for people who couldn't meet anybody any other way. And it was all, always a lot of obese, unattractive women and kind of socially awkward, Big Bang Theory type guys. You know that that wouldn't uh, that weren't considered traditionally attractive, and it also it also attracted con men and scam artists like Ray Fernandez. Well, we still got they still have scam artists out oh, there yeah. on the apps oh, yeah. nowadays. Oh yeah, oh definitely. So uh, she she placed our uh, a lonely hearts and Raymond Fernandez answered it, and they started he visited her and for a short time they started a little bit. Um, of a romance and she believed that they were going to be married so he went to new york city and she made preparations in milton for her wedding but she was fired from her job because they found all the lurid dirty love letters she and ray had and that back in those days there were all kinds of morals clauses and jobs yeah we you would actually that, lose your job because you slept with somebody you weren't married to and things like that now, you know we we can't do that today so then she uh, she packed up and she went to his uh, she arrived on his doorstep in New York in New York City, and what happened is is she didn't realize that he was trying to scam her, but she found out, and he was so, he he decided he liked her, so he incorporated her into his scams. Hmm. Now, um, what he would do is he he would he would answer these lonely hearts things from women. A lot of times it was older women. And she would pose as his sister, and they would scam the women out of the money, and then leave. They oh, take wow. their money and go. And uh, but with her um, posing as his sister, it, it, it made them believe. It gave them more of a sense of of um, security. They they figured, oh, you know, <clears throat> this man's bringing his sister, so he must be okay. Kind of like a chaperone was what they were thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So they start. So eventually. But when he would, he was, he used to promise her he would never have sex with the women, but he didn't always keep that promise. And when she found out about it, she would get violent. So what happened is, is the first murder was a woman named Janet Fay, who was 66 years old, and they became engaged. Well, you know, with Martha posing as a sister. Well, Martha caught them having sex, oh, picked up a hammer, and whacked Janet Fay on the on the head, but the woman mm. didn't die, and. So she got Ray to strangle her, and it, it, we're going to be talking about that movie in a little bit. But uh, she got uh, Ray to strangle her, and the family became suspicious, and they disappeared. So then they went uh, to uh, Wyoming Township in Michigan, 
a suburb of Grand Rapids, and they stayed with a woman named Delphine Downing. She was a 28-year-old widow with a two-year-old daughter. And uh, Downing got aggravated because she said, Ray wore a toupee. And she saw yeah. that I was toupee, and it freaked her out. So Martha, being all nice, gave her some pills to calm her down. And the pills got her all jerky. They didn't have Xanax in those days, but it was probably something similar. <clears throat> and when she was all high, they shot her in the head, and then they went and drowned the baby, the two-year-old girl. Mm. Now, uh, they did not, They had a couple other women. The one woman, they, um, they drugged her and put her on a bus from, to, to Florida. And by the time she got to Florida, she was dead on the bus. So what happened was, is, um, that when they killed Delphine and 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 the, and the child Renell, they went to the movies, like it was nothing. They came back, wow. and the neighbors started getting suspicious. They didn't see the woman and the child. They just kept saw this man and this fat woman going around the house. So they called the police. The police came, found the murder, found the um, found the the, the bodies. Of the child and the uh, and the little woman, and so then uh, they both confessed to the murders, and they, they they denied committing seventeen that were attributed to them. So they um, the the state yeah yeah uh, Michigan didn't have the death penalty at the time, but New York did. So they sent so they wound up confessing the Janet Face murder, and that's the one where they were they were sentenced to death. And on March 8th, 1951, both of them were executed. He was executed, and she was executed about two hours later. And they still were writing each other dirty, nasty love letters all the time they oh, wanted God. to throw. <clears throat> now, we watched a movie that was based on this case called The Honeymoon Killers. Yes! With uh, Tony LaBianco as Ray and Shirley Stoller as Mom. It was on the HBO Max. It's on HBO yeah. Max now if you want to see it. Now, it's made 19... 69 released black and white, in 1970. Yeah. It's black and white. There's a younger Doris Roberts, you know, Marie Barone from Everybody Loves Rain. I know you had to point it out. I didn't notice that at first. And then when you pointed it out, I'm like, oh my gosh, it is. She plays, she plays uh, uh, Martha's friend. Yeah. Now, there are a lot of differences in the movie. The movie doesn't follow the truth. What happened was is uh, when Ray said he didn't want any children, Martha put her children, sent her children to the Salvation Army. She just... Okay, I don't want them anymore. I'm surprised they didn't just kill him. <laughs> yeah. And she gave him to the Salvation Army. Now, in the movie, they show that she was taking care of her elderly mother, and she puts her elderly mother in the nurse. Yes. And they have her all kind of torn up about it, you know. <clears throat> and the movie shows that it doesn't show them as being really evil. It shows uh, her as it's her, and she gets enraged and has anger issues, and that's how the murders happen. Where in real life, I think she was really an evil, calculating woman, don't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, and normally I don't do this, but since we're talking about lovers and compatibility and all, I was listening when you gave the um, the birth dates. Yeah. That's a strange-ass match. You think you said December 17th, 1914 for him. Yes. That would make him a Sagittarius tiger. It was December 17th, 1914. And her... She would have been May she was 6, 1920. She would have been a Taurus monkey. Now, 
her being a monkey, that that is very calculated. They're she highly a logo like an elephant, actually. Well, <laughs> come on, Barry, <laughs> be nice, okay? I don't know if I if I have to be nice to her. Not to her, but you know, like honestly, about we can't fat shame dead serial killers. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. But anyhow, so I actually feel like she was very calculated. You're trying to say she became sex crazy. I think she was. No, she was from the beginning. I think she was from the beginning. I think that was part of her. She was sexually promiscuous from the time she was. That was part of her game to work the system. She went through puberty at 10 years old and she started having sex at 11. Yeah. I do <coughs> think he was overly alluring he did actually i think at some level did use her but also enjoyed he was intrigued by what she was doing but i'm not to say i think they were the best match i think it was a crazy match like i think that they didn't really help each other out they helped each other spiral it might have been this, that they were just awful. they spiraled each other into this they were criminal awful madness. people uh, they were awful people separately but together they were totally talk oh it spirals into this criminal madness yeah and they and, and they bring out what they think is the best of one another, but it's actually the worst instincts in one another. Now the movie showed it was a, much more sympathetic to her than she deserved it to be, because they showed where she had some guilt about killing uh, Delphine and Renell, and she I called the police on them. She called the police and turned them in. Everything and him in. She, and that's not what happened. They went to the movies. They lived in that house with the bodies for a few days until the neighbors sent I don't, the police And I don't think that. she would have turned him in. Because as much as she didn't like sometimes when he'd sleep with another woman, the fact is the woman was already eliminated out the picture. Yeah. So she got her man back. And that was the whole point, if, if you think about it, is, is everything she seems to have done in real life was always to get him back. Yeah. As long as she, as long as she wasn't really losing him, it was okay. By well, it. like there were scenes in the movie. Now this one was totally made up. Where they're with the, um, they're at the lake with this woman, and he starts making out with the woman while she's in the lake swimming, and she tur purposely tries to drown herself. Oh God, that was definitely that scene was ridiculous. I think I think uh, that is actually the trait of someone with borderline personality disorder. And I don't think she had borderline personality no. disorder. Because a borderline has a feeling of emptiness. And I don't think she felt and, empty. And borderline doesn't always know what they're doing. I think she knew every she knew single thing she thing was doing. She was doing. Yeah. And he, 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 he knew she was like that. So he knew he could use that to his advantage as well. Yeah. And he took that advantage. Oh, yes. And they, they, you know, they just were... Um, I don't know. It's just... And why kill the child? Why not just leave? Leave the, put the, leave the child with the firehouse and go off. Now, you know, there's another movie made. It's on uh, Tubi called Lonely Hearts. And in this movie, uh, Jared Leto plays Ray. And of all people, Selma Hayek plays Martha, which is total miscasting. Because Selma Hayek's hot and beautiful and sexy. Okay, they were trying to sell that movie. <laughs> now, in the movie, in the old movie, and John Travolta's the cop that's right. trying to find him, that's trying to catch him. Now, in the first movie with Janet Faye, they had they, they, they didn't do it the way it really happened in real life. They had the lady, she had, had withdrawn all her money and gotten cashier's checks, and she was worried about her money. 
And they had that big chest, remember, with the name on it, and they yeah. had it. That was too And if she was worried about the money, and she started getting panicky about the money, and that's when she hits her on the head with the hammer. Right. And it has him strangle the old lady to death. It's a very, very disturbing scene. But that's somehow- it's a disturbing scene, but I think the real life was probably a lot more. That just seemed like it kind of seemed off in the movie. I think if it was done in real life, it would have been a lot, even even more intense. Well, I think the acting in those in those scenes was really good, especially the lady that played Janet Faye. She oh, yeah. was an old radio actress. Oh, yeah. She never had done many. I think that's like the only movie she did. Yeah. She did a lot of the radio soaps and everything back in the thirties and forties, but. Um, in the, the the next movie, which was made in two thousand five, the Selma Hayek movie, Alice Krieg plays Janet Clay. You know Alice Krieg. You hey. know her from a movie. She was in a movie. What was it called? Nightcrawlers or something, where uh, she and her son were these like werewolf or vampire people. Vaguely, and, and yeah. her son was was um, Leo from from Charmed. The actor played Leo in Charmed. Oh, okay. I, I kind of. Okay. And then she was in the movie Ghost Story. She was the ghost, actually. Hmm. And um, so she was a much more attractive woman than the woman you had in that first movie. And he does. They do. She does catch them having sex and wax her with the hammer. They did that one correctly. Okay. Now hold on. I have to admit, go back to the honeymoon killers for a moment. Okay. And mention just the obligatory um, product placement. In the bed. Oh, the oh yeah, the box of candy. Where where Mar- Mar- Martha Beck, the character yeah the character is sitting there with a box of the Whitman sand. We actually we actually have a prop sitting here of the yeah, Whitman. we have it the right Whitman sa- Whitman sampler box of chocolate sitting here. Cause that scene, she even is going on the on the inside cover, like trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, gonna have that little what chart. What she eat? The, the chart, yeah. <laughs> and she settles on the chocolate truffle, and then you see later she's done actually eating the whole damn box. It didn't really matter what she chose. And she's passed out. And she's passed out from a diabetic coma, apparently. But I know she wakes right up again. I think oh yeah. She, I think she just got a big old the sugar rush and sugar, sugar, sugar kick, right? crash. But there's, I mean, it, it it would be believable that she'd be diabetic. But that was the funniest product placement I had ever seen in a while. Yeah. I had forgotten about it because it goes so fast. I had to point it out. You had to go and find it. I had it. to go look through the movie. I I, find I, it. I totally when I was watching, I was like, are you? Serious? Serious? I was laughing. It's as crazy as the movie was. I was really laughing at that part. Now the movie was made back in like, in, in like I said, 1969, 1970. It was made bas- basically for the drive-in. It's in black and white. It's one of the last movies I think that they actually made in black and white. Right. And um, it's funny because if you want to make a movie in black and white now, black and white film is more expensive than color film. But today they do Isn't everything digital. But th- let's say in like in, in 1990 when they made when they made Schindler's List, it was at, it was more expensive to make that movie in black and white. Than well, now it might even be easy to do all of it because now they well, it's did, all digital now. Now they could just edit Every, and throw everything in black and white digital. with a click of a button. Yeah, <laughs> so everything is digital. Now. And the last black and white movie I know of that was released would have been that silent one. What was it called? The Artist. Yeah. The one of the best one was uh, Schindler's List. Well, Schindler's List was in the, ni- 90s, it was the 90s, right? yeah. yeah. And that yeah. was actually, I had to, and the only thing I think ever in that one was like, what was the little red, the little red, yeah. the girl with the red. Yeah, now you it. know, now you see um, things, 
you, if you look at movies, you know, talking about black and white, just almost every movie was in black and white, and some of them were in Technicolor, say from the 50s, well, even in the 40s, in movies like Meet Me in St. Louis, and with Wizard of Oz, too. Well, Technicolor was an win. expensive, I mean, I mean, it was expensive. Technicolor, would you'd only did it if the movie was worth it. And all television was in black and white up until, like, about 1966. Yeah. And, uh, and for a lot of people, it continued to stay black and white because that's the TVs they had. Yeah, because some people didn't even have a color Couldn't afford TV a color until the 70s. Right. Yeah. And, um, but the last, like, the big movies that were black and white were like uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? And I think In Cold Blood. And then after that, you'd still, everything started coming in color all the time. Everything. And then Paper Moon, which was made like in 1973, that was in black and white. And it was a novelty by then. Right. I have a movie in black and white. You have to have so, a really good reason for it now. So getting back to this movie, The Honeymoon Killers was made like it's it was like maybe what they would call the B movie back then. It was made to show a drive ins. It wasn't a major film. It almost has a John Waters quality about oh, it. Oh, I know. So, the, the acting is kind of you know like <laughs> It was so but you know it's considered a classic today. It was. It was real. I, and, I, I must and say, and it's considered one of the best movies. It's considered. It's it 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 overshadowed its the poor quality of its you know the poor technical quality, the acting and the uh, the story and everything overshadowed that. And uh, I enjoyed it. I think I still think it's a pretty good movie. You know, it's it, it's a driving movie, but it's I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it. But now it just presents so many questions about what went on. What was going on in their minds? Like, really, what can love make people go crazier than they would have individually? I don't know about... You know about her? She had such anger issues, and she had a violent temper... I'm not sure she wouldn't have done something without him. Now him, I think he was just a con man. He just wanted the money, but he still. So, so you're he, saying she would have probably done rage killings of some sort. She might yeah. have been a killer nurse or something down the road. Yeah, no, if, uh, she might. If even, he wouldn't have been in the picture, she may have even killed her own children if they got in the way of what she wanted. You know, she she. But him, he all he was trying to do was just he was just trying to build them with their money, and I think it, it was an ego thing with him. But she got him to the point where, you know, he had... By the time they killed Janet Faye, he had to go along with what she said. So really, if we look at it, she had the mind of the killer. Yeah. He oh, just... She was under, yeah, she, she was a mastermind of all the murders. So, and, and that, presents, that does present, like, especially when I was looking at it, it presents him more as possibly the sidekick. This yeah. Scenario. Yeah. She was... Um, but they, they did make her... But you have to look at that area. They, they gave her more of a conscious. Because at the end when she calls the police, it looks as though she's she's uh, she's having problems with the fact that she killed the child and that kind of thing. But even the fairness but I don't of believe that. But even the fairness of that era, they weren't as fair as they are now because they would looked at it as, Oh, he was the man, so he must have been more responsible for the murder. Yeah. They didn't really and, and I'm not trying to put down, but they really didn't look at the evidence when it came to looking at things gender-based, you know, yeah. with with this crime couple. Where this to have been done nowadays, she might have actually gone away more than he would have. Yeah. Or she might have got the... the, the or he could have just... He, he, he might have uh, 
they would have had him turn in state evidence to get her because she's the one who killed the child. So exactly. she would have been. And, and, but you know, still to this day, they don't like to execute women. True. But things are getting fairer. And you know what? And one of the reasons they are getting fairer is because these these idea of gender norms are finally being sort of challenged. And we're also seeing one of the great things is we're seeing actual female, more female judges. And, mm. and, and, and I'm really thinking if more of we see of, of women in the judicial system, whether that be prosecutors, even on the defense side, also the judges, we're actually going to see more of where, and even criminal psychologists, I think that's very important because we need more female criminal psychologists yeah. out there to give that perspective to be like, women are smart enough in good ways, but they're also smart enough to actually be killers. We don't give credit on across the board. Really. And I think one of the reasons why they were able to have so many vi uh, uh, victims is because women were encouraged to have a man in their life. Yeah. Some of the some of those women, like, okay, that the 66-year-old woman would, you know, she just wanted a husband, that's all. She, you know, she was a widow and she felt incomplete without her husband. See, and that's the thing that shows also this, that time as, as part of the problem, like why we might not necessarily see the case that way it was then, mm -hmm. nowadays. Because when you're looking at the victims, a lot more women now are realizing they can be empowered. They don't have to go just like find a man. They can, and when they're 60 years old, if they just want to go sleep around with random men or date around, they can do whatever they want. Yeah. They are liberated to do whatever Blanche they want. Blanche Devereaux happened. They don't need a Sue man. Sue happened. <laughs> you know, they can, yes, they can be their own woman. Well, you know, it's um, um, another, pr one problem I do have with the movie is the way it treated the victims. It made them look like silly women. And I don't. Th I don't think they really were. So I think they were a product of their time, but I don't like, think they were silly like, women. Like, like they had Janet Faye. They go on in there and she's complaining because the 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 veal cutlets a dollar eighty five. Yeah, so I did, mean that was. A and bit. then of course, sure, and of course, uh, Martha has to get the veal cutlet just to piss her off, you know. And then the other woman having the birthday party for President Lincoln, and then next week they're gonna because that was before they consolidated all the President's Day. You had Lincoln's birthday and Washington's birthday were both holidays, but they turned it into one day called President's Day and it's for all the presidents. So that's showing you the movie was made late 60s, was released early 70s, 1970. That's just showing you even there there wasn't enough progress yet made. And, the, and then she also, the, the woman that they put on the bus, she, oh, they made her just a, to, just a total airhead. You know, I mean, and the only woman in there is the woman at the lake. She's the only one that seems like a sensible person. Because when she sees the pathology between those two, she's almost like, I'm out of here. You're, you know? act, you're actually right. That was about the only one I can say that was kind of handled where you could see the... Well, then she, you know, she's going pretending to drown herself, and then they're getting all lovey-dovey, and she's looking like, what the fuck is this? And then she's still like, oh, well, wait, no, no, no. Uh, you, you know, you could just see that the, the actress was that good. She was, she like, was actually I'm processing the no. situation. Yeah. This is not for me. I'm going. And, and, that, and you bring up a great point because even though I mean, we talk about these women being a part of good time, I think the actual women, a lot of them probably were processing what was going on. They just couldn't find the escape once they were that deep in. Yeah. I like, well, like the first woman, the one they don't kill, the, the, the school teacher. Yes. 
she just leaves, you know. She she but she was silly too. She's in the bathtub. Oh, mama's gonna soak. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, and I didn't. I she's didn't acting like so and, and and calling people. I'm gonna be Mr. Ray, Mrs. Ray Fernandez. That now. was my issue. With I the can't movie. wait until I tell my students that I'm now Mrs. Fernandez. You know, and it's like they made these women look like, almost like we want, almost like they wanted us to want them to die. And like I said, the only woman, they, the only sensible female character in there was that woman at the woman at the lake. Evelyn, that was the I only one that they per- portrayed. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, she's she's there. She's she thinks she's dating this guy. They kissing on, you know, they kissing at the lake. Who's supposed to be his sister? Gets all mad and starts trying to kill herself, and she's noticing, wait, there's more to this, and you can see her face. And you, this is it. I'm gone. You know. So I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't like the way the victims were treated. They did it almost like a blame the victim, and even, uh, even, even, uh, like I said, Delphine with the birthday party for President Lincoln and all. Well, maybe they were more worried about selling those Whitman samplers. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and even Martha was made, you know, it was a blubbering mess, and she was actually a strong woman, you know. And hey, look, I went and bought one of those women samplers just to I have know, for the and podcast. it's sitting right in front of us, and you haven't opened it yet. Hey, hey, you got you to gotta go for the, I, I saved the chocolate truffle that she ate first just for you. Oh, you It's right there in the corner. That's okay, the, so I'm going to eat the chocolate truffle. You eat the truffle. chocolate truffle on air. Right. This is, this I got, Ooh. I bought the smaller one because I didn't want a whole bunch, and I don't have a nougat like she had. She had one of the nougats in her box. I think she had no, the big box. One, no one did no wonder this woman loved this candy. This is good. All right, I'm just going to eat the goddamn molasses chew. I know that's weird. But I'm just going to go with okay, it. Let's close, this, sugar is gonna go let's close this back up. Let's close this back up. Well, speaking of closing up, i got to swallow this candy first. Oh, my God. You know. mm. <laughs> mm. Screw me, y'all. Mm. Can you talk? Sip of water and then. I'm going to try to talk with it in my mouth. All it's right. too chewy. You can follow us on social media. Follow us on Twitter at A Shothers. Follow us on Facebook, the official page for Open Shothers, a creepy podcast. And on Instagram at Open Shothers Podcast. Our uh, email address is openshothers at yahoo.com. You can email any suggestions. We're also available on Anchor. We're available on Spotify, Radio Plus, and uh, what's the other one? Apple, huh? Uh-huh. And several other ones, Breaker and a couple other ones, too. So, <clears throat> remember, as I eat my candy, <laughs> I'm enjoying my candy, so I want you to enjoy the view from the open shutters. But don't fall out the window. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. We'll see you next week. Next week, we have the local case. That's pretty high profile, but oh, yeah. that's all I'm saying. Yep. But uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you.
troubled and it, it's 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 not this thing of like let's blame one person or the other we have to look at the thing here that the events the times in which they lived in and the way you, mental health yeah. there was not much mental health oh, l- let me explain this was 2006 I mean, I was having mental health problems. You were having mental We were uh, all having mental health problems. I'm going to tell you something. In 2006. I'm going to tell you something. I got, when I lived in New Jersey for that year and a half, I didn't have any problems. I was I was just one of the people watching it on TV like the rest of the Well, oh, that's true. You were in New Jersey. I only left. I, I was here for the storm, got out. Well, I was here for the storm. You were here for the, the storm, too. Yeah. Everything. yeah, yeah. So you were just drank stuff. But, and I came back after I left, and I was staying with my folks for like a month. I came back right at the end of, right right, right for the beginning of October, right at the end of September. I came back. Right when we come back in the city, I was back in. Yeah. And this then was a year later from that. I'm just saying, that first year back, which is basically the time frame was that was not easy, and there was not much mental health access. Let well, you me know tell what you. happened when I first came back. I made the mistake of watching that documentary when the levees broke, because it came out on on DVD, and I bought the DVD. And I swear, to God, when I, when they show the scenes of the Superdome, I could still the smells came back. The smell what it smelled like. The the the, the it was it was this like nasty hot. Really, really weathered than usual. You know how hot, humid heat in New Orleans usually is? This isn't even worse. And I could smell that. I could smell the sweaty bodies. And when they showed the dead bodies floating in the river, it, it just, I went through a terrible uh, post traumatic stress and a terrible. I got to the point where I was afraid to leave the house. And Fred went back to work at his old job at this little store in Chalmette. And one night, what was I out of? I, I was out of milk or something that I needed to fix something I wanted to eat. And there was a corner store right down the street, which normally, I mean, today, you know, you go out, you walk there, and you get your stuff. I had to push myself out there. And when I was walking down the street, I was frightened. And I was looking around, and I was acting really. And now I'm thinking to myself, well, now I know how those people that we stare at and look at and say that they're crazy, now I know how they feel. Yeah. You know, I, luckily I was able to get help, and I'm fine now. Well, and going back to Zach and Addie for a moment, just to, to relate all this, you, they were living their lives. They were doing kind of okay. The storm hit. She kind of ended up in this weird, like, adrenaline survival mode. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were in. And they were probably, enjo- like, honestly, because you've, 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 you know, you've lost some basic re, uh, ability, utilities, and things like this, and you got these news crews coming in. It's some excitement. Yeah. Adrenaline's running. Well, they were stars. You're, you're yeah. in a survival mode. And they were enjoying that. And you're in a survival mode at that point. And so you're running. Everybody doesn't realize, even if you're not feeling good, you're running on an adrenaline high. Everyone was. But then reality sets in. The actual loss sets like in. Like I said, the, the people who aren't around sets in. The the all of those things come back. I, I mean, and, and whatever you might have been building before the reality. Oh my God, I don't have access to this, or the money's not there for this, or oh, I've had to reorganize that, or you know, just different things had changed for people, and and I'm sure it changed for Zach and Addie in a way that. For many 
uh, most people that I knew, their spirits were crushed at some level. Didn't matter their age, a, their sex, their spirit. race, whatever it was. If they were a new, true New Orleanian that went through this experience, they felt it. They felt it. And you know, we also had to deal with a lot of ignorant people who were saying, like, you know, like, well, you, know, you live below sea level, you got what you deserve. And you know where that, that was happening more than anywhere? It was Baton Rouge and that area. Ponchatoula, places like that. Because when I was Baton Rouge for the first month after the storm, they treated us terrible. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be besmirking. Any of you guys from Baton Rouge, I'm not besmirking y'all. I mean, you got a great city now and everything. But at that time, they, the, the people of that, that, that town were terrible. And they were treating us as though we brought it upon ourselves. Like we actually made that hurricane come up. That we were coming to their city and, and messing it and, and, you know, ruining their city. Which, you know, all these people coming in, Walmart started closing early, and you know, fast food places had to close early because they had all these people, and then all these people all of a sudden got this money, and, you know, they were going and they were spending the money, so you couldn't get a cab. I was in the food stamp line, and there was a woman behind me. I stood eight hours in the food stamp line, and she was complaining that they were giving the New Orleans people instead of people in Baton Rouge the food stamps, and she needed them because she was going to have a high electric bill because her family was there. And you know what I told her? I said, well, you know what, lady? At least you have an electric bill to pay. I don't have a house anymore to pay an electric bill. So when I came back, it was really, really terrible. 